0: Welcome back to the Marshfield First podcast. Each week, you can find our sermon audio right here. We hope this will encourage our church family and keep us all up to date on our different sermon series. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple or Spotify and share on social media with others. Right. Amen. Amen. And uh, not that I'm proud, but three of the girls that I like the most are right there so I don't get to see this very often in church and and now I have instead of Becky doing this if I preach too long rich I have Autumn our daughter and our granddaughter's like cut it off granddad so the next slide the first slide the question is answering the call I don't know if any of you know what that is or not if you can see that but that's a pager that's a pager you can look up history and it's uh, Google it, Wikipedia, it, whatever you want to do. But back in the day, the first one I think I got was in seminary, and I was on call as an electrician. And basically, the main thing I was on call for was a computer room. And it was a computer room about I don't know a third of the size of this building, this this room, and it had all kinds of computer equipment in it, and it had a raised floor. And if there was an alarm, and if it went off. Once it wasn't bad if it went off twice then this uh, fire suppression system started to go down and I don't know that never happened on my call but I was called to go. So it's very high technology for the day. You always thought you were kind of cool, you know, having the pager. I got a pager. But anyway, so when it would when it would go off there was not a message, there was not a picture, there was not a text. You couldn't talk. You could talk to it, but it didn't say anything or do anything. All it showed you was a phone number, and then you would pull out, if you, unless you had a phone you could dial, if you were driving down the road, you would go to a pay phone, right? And you put a quarter in or whatever it cost at the time, and you'd dial it up and say, what do you need, right? So that's the technology of it, and it's being on call. And part of it is really kind of cool because what you do or what you know or what you're able to do is necessary. People care about it and and they need it for something. And it can be for a lot of different things, medical or business or whatever it might be. I mean, you're on call for a lot of different things and I'm on call sometimes and now you know, the, the, the call is, you know, it's a phone call, and it's a text and everything, and you can email, and all. so we know everything. Back then, you didn't know anything. All you knew was, here's the number. I think Becky could page and say, here's the number. By the way, when I'm on call now, I still have to respond, but I can tell you that I respond quicker when Becky calls me. So anyway, so anyway, well, mostly I do that. So the, uh, the thing about it is when you're on call... You're expected to respond. So Mark McVeigh was my supervisor at seminary. He was the master electrician. I had the journeyman's license, and, um, and he gave me that thing. And when he did that, and he said, when, when it goes off, you respond. He didn't ask if I wanted to, but it's, it's something that I was supposed to do. So the question today is, when Jesus calls you, what do you do? That's the thing, because I am convinced and I know, I have no doubt that everyone here is called to do something, called to do something for the Lord, for, for this society, for this church, for your family. So the passages are a mixture, but they represent different ways in which people are called and in which ways Jesus calls people. So the first one, Matthew 11, it says, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, come to me. I'm calling you to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he says, come to me. That's a calling. Ephesians chapter four, verse one. says, therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, Paul says, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And you walk with all humility and gentleness, patience, showing tolerance for one another and love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And it goes on to say, there is one body and one spirit, just also, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. So, This phrase is repeating itself, and and we're talking about not how we walk, but how we live, how we interact. It says, One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Another one in 1 Corinthians says, Paul called as an apostle of Jesus Christ. I know what you're saying. I'm not an apostle, I'm not supposed to preach. Hang tight, don't check out yet, all right? It says, by the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother. Like I said in the first service, I've pronounced it 50 different ways. You can pronounce that word how you want to. But it says, verse two, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, not by accident, by calling, with all who in every place, Call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to go right through verse 9, I think, here. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given in you in Christ Jesus. That in everything, you were enriched in him, in all speech, in all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift. This is an important thing I didn't mention this morning. We all are gifted Awaiting early, uh, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse eight and nine, he follows up by saying this Who will also conform you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through whom you were called into fellowship with Jesus Christ or through with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's really, we're going to start with this, called into fellowship, and it's a, it's a word we use in church world. It's a church word, called into fellowship. So uh, I was telling earlier, we, we, we're we going to do a, a, a family reunion in about a month up in northern Missouri, and we don't call it a, a family fellowship dinner. We call it a reunion. I'm not saying that it's bad that we use the word fellowship because it's a very biblical word, but it's one that we definitely use and key in in church thing. We have a fellowship dinner. We have these types of fellowships, and it's a great word because with it, there are some things inherently part of that word. It's a place to belong. I said earlier, I like belonging here. Even though we don't come very often, I like knowing that I can, all right? It's nice to be able to say, welcome, here's a card instead of, you know, don't come in. And, and I like that. It's a place to belong. And belonging is it's important because we're not created to be alone. We belong to something larger than we are, something bigger, something broader, something more important, more, more complete. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the body of Christ. We'll mention it. But it says we are all part of a body. And it mentions this body as an illustration, how a hand is not a foot, is not an elbow or whatever. But every part is equally important. And I like belonging. I like that. When you are called by God into fellowship, you are called to belong. Not only with him, but with his people. But that also means experiencing things, doesn't it? So this week, we'll have a funeral. Yesterday, Becky and I were able to uh, help participate and be a part of uh, uh, Pastor Freddie and uh, Michelle Brinkley's uh, daughter's wedding of Mission Chapel. Allison, by the way, got married yesterday. That's an experience. I was telling Becca, I've been in an association long enough, I remember when she was a camper. Golly, and now, and it was wonderful, but we experience these things together. When You go on a road trip, you fellowship together, but you experience things together. And some of the things are very positive and very exciting and very fun, and, and, and we laugh, and, and, and really they're just joyous times. Some of them are filled with, with tears and with, with uh, grief and with heartache, but we experience them together. So when you were called into fellowship, it wasn't simply for the easy, but it was for the hard. It was for everything, for the boring days, for the mundane. But we were called into fellowship to grow and to learn. We have these classes that teach us. We have mentors that learn, that try to to help us along. We, we We are supposed to continue to mature and to live. I like that. Not just exist, but to live. God says uh, in John 10, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Not just average, but abundant. doesn't mean we're happy all the time and everything is good, but we're living richly and, and fully. And then when we think about it, everything about the gospel centers around relationship to fellowship. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And in love what? Your neighbor. So it's easy to love God. <laughs> Sometimes our neighbors are trickier. But God says, you love one another. And it's all about relationship. And then to encourage. This is, I think, one of the most underrated ministries. I don't know if that. It's one that's important. Now I'm you're not underrated. But it's important to encourage us. Because not all the time, we're not always up. We're not always good. We're not always hitting it. As a pastor, have, have having preached for a long time, and especially in the same church for over, you know, for years, I know that I don't hit it every Sunday. And some Sundays I'm bored and I'm preaching. I'm thinking, these people are ready to go home, right? But nonetheless, there's always going to be some little saint that'll say, Brother Mitch, you just did such a wonderful job today. Okay. Thanks, you know, Helen, but I didn't, but I'm good with that. The thing is, even when we're average or below average or above average, when we're hitting everything, there are people to walk alongside us when we're called into fellowship to encourage us. First Thessalonians five eleven says, Therefore, encourage one another. Therefore, build up one another. And so it is important for us to do that with one another. So those of us who are older, we are to encourage those generations behind us. Those of us who are younger, those of you who are younger, I better say it that way, we are to encourage those who are older than you. We are to encourage one another. It's called into fellowship, and it is not an accident It is not a coincidence. It is not, oh, this just happened. You are definitely called. And then you are definitely called to participate, to serve. This is where it gets tricky, isn't it? Philippians 1, Paul says, I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers, thanking you for your participation in the gospel. Now, to participate means to be actively involved. So as I said before, I've seen baseball games. I've seen basketball games. I've seen, you know, professional sports. Not one time did they say, hey, do you want to come down and bat for me? Or did Patrick Mahomes say, you know, Kelsey's out and maybe you need to be, I need you to be a tight end or something like that. No, nobody's ever said that to me, but that's not, we're not the church, and, and I realize there are more people involved than two or three people on a team. I understand all that. In the church, however, there are so many different activities and so many different opportunities and so many different ways anyone and everyone can participate. We are called to participate. In high school, I was, as I said earlier, I have the body not to be an athlete, all right? I am not an athlete. I, I don't like to run. I would like to run. I would like to like to run. I just don't like to run. So I don't run very well. So I'm just not an athlete. All right. So I did the band thing and I was in the band and I was in the percussion and and Mr. Mitchell, Mark Mitchell was our instructor and, and our band leader. And and when he would get up and we would get ready and the, no matter what it was, if it was in a concert or in practice, we were all in our spots and and we were back over in this part is where we were. in. percussionists were always kind of weirdos anyway, so we were all back there being weird, and and he would get up, and he would do this, and he wanted us to, uh, we are, aren't we? I mean, you know, we got to own it, so anyway, so we have more fun than the rest of the band, I'll say that, so So we were back there and we were doing our thing and he would get up here and he would do it this way and we would all pay attention. And let's say that we're playing a, you know, a piece of music and, and he has the score. He has every part on it and he's reading it, whoever's leading it, he or she. And, and, and when, and when it's time for me to hit the, you know, the triangle and it might only be one note. And if he looks at me and, and I, and I, and I don't do it, I'm going to get yelled at. Now he yelled at us a lot anyway. I'll just say that. He, was a yell- he wasn't as nice as you, Miss Kicker. He wasn't, nice. he wasn't as nice as you. He, he, was, he was a good guy. He yelled a lot, but we would have gotten yelled at. If I would have said, I'm sorry, Mr. Mitchell, I just don't feel like participating, he would have had a word for me. He would have had a few words for me. The good news is it didn't matter if I was only going to hit that triangle once or twice. It was as important to that complete peace is everything. Folks, you are called to participate. You are called to engage. There is no doubt about it that I know that you have something to offer. You were created to be a part of this family, to go and make disciples. And that's part of it. And we've We've heard, I can't imagine how many sermons and how many books and how many programs on the Great Commission, and it's all right. Because I used to say, well, why do we always use the same passages? Why do we read the Psalm 23rd Psalm? Why do we read this or John 14? Why do we do these? Because they work, because they're relevant, because they'll never go out of style. And the Great Commission will never go out of style. It never will go out of style. We are always going to be called to help people come to Jesus. Listen to the incredible privilege that is. We have the opportunity to live a life in such a way that we can help someone see Jesus, experience Jesus. We'll go to camp in a little bit, and you'll go to a youth uh, trip in a little bit, and there'll be opportunities, and Jesus will be presented. And those people who are choosing to actively participate will be involved in those children's and young people's lives, and they may find Jesus. And those counselors may find Jesus. But that's what it's about, to help people grow and mature in Jesus. Do you realize that those of us who are older are also called to learn from those who are younger? And that's not simply how to open up an app on your phone, although that's a good part. But I know that the, the my kids who are incredibly good people, and not just because she's here, but they're just good people. They challenged me. They would ask questions. They would, they would I would learn, you do that. To promote Jesus, to be an evangelist. Well, I'm not an evangelist. Mm. Well, maybe you're not going to be Billy Graham or somebody like that with you know 10,000 people in an auditorium. It's all right. But evangelist is somebody who really just shares Jesus. Really, that's really what it is. So are you a plumber and a Christian? You're a plumber evangelist. I don't know. I better not go that one. But anyway, but you're, what you do is important. And when you do it and how you do it is part of your evangelism. It's part of how you reach people for Jesus. You are called To go. You're called to go where God tells you to go. Or to stay where God tells you to stay. Or to be where God tells you to be. And then this next one is you're called to rest and restore. And I, I kept trying to pull this one off and take it because it didn't seem like it fit, but it really does because sometimes in the middle of our calling, in the middle of our ministry, in the middle of our job, in the middle of our life, it gets weary, it gets tarring, it's, it's hard because you know what? There's bills and there's responsibilities and there's failures and all these types of things. And sometimes we don't have the energy and we don't have the drive. And Jesus says, come to me all who are weary. And we live in a society who does not like to hear that. We like to hear, I don't need help. I'm self-sufficient. I'm strong enough. I'm independent enough. I can do this on my own. And in certain professions who are worse than others, ministry is one of them, but uh, in medical and some of these others, uh, the rate of burnout is, is incredible. So let me just answer the question that you're thinking. Maybe you're not thinking, but you will when I, when I, when I say it. You're thinking, am I ever going to get to a spot where I need to be restored, where I need rest? So if you weren't thinking it, you're thinking it now. Now that you're thinking it, yes, you will. Yes, you do. The Sabbath isn't an accident. So come, and every person needs time to refresh and restore. So in the middle of your calling, in the middle of all the things that you're called to do, please understand being called to rest and restore is not abandoning your ministry or your vocation. It's enhancing it. It's maybe really increasing it be called it's pretty incredible but but let's let's kind of wrap it up I don't want to spend too much time here um, mainly because I'm about to run out of slides and I don't want to Becky says to stay with the script it's a better thing for me so um, but the first one is to, to to remain and to hear the call for salvation that's the first one so I'm not going to assume that everybody in here is saved Uh, I'm not going to assume that everybody knows Jesus as their Savior, but I can tell you this, that everyone here is called to that relationship, into fellowship with Jesus. Everyone is called into that. So if you want to fulfill your call, first and foremost, accept Christ. Say, Lord, I accept you as my Savior. It may be for those of us who have accepted Christ, that we need to hear the call and answer the call to get a little bit deeper with him. Maybe we've faltered and failed, and maybe we've waned a bit. Maybe we've gotten a little lax in everything. And, and we, in our head, in our heart, we know, okay, it's time for me to, to decide. It's time for me to go. It's time for me to, if it was running, to, if I was, you know, if I had ran, been a runner and I need to get back into it, to get back into running. God's going to have to write it on the wall for me, Rich. I'm not going to do that, but maybe exercise a little bit. But sometimes we know what we're supposed to do, and we've done it, but we need to get deeper. It's okay. It's okay if you have maybe slipped a bit, and you need to get back into it. It's not not fatal. It's just life. But God is calling you to do that, maybe to this church family, maybe to join this church. Well, I can come to the church, and I don't have to be a member Come, This is true. You don't. You just have to tithe. No, I didn't say that. You can come and worship. Everyone is welcome. So what's the deal about membership? It's about belonging. It's about committing yourself to something bigger. It's about saying this is a group of people, not perfect people, but people on the same journey to promote Christ in this community. It's about belonging. It's, it's important. I think it's important. Maybe it is to ministry. I haven't really hit this as much over the last decade, but I'm going to because I really believe that there are men and women who are called into different types of ministry. I think there are men who are called to pastor, called to preach, called to, to fill a pulpit, to, to fulfill a church someplace. I think this church is a place where people are, 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 should be and can be called to go out to other congregations. And you're saying, well, I'm too old. to Read the Old Testament. There's some old guys that started some ministry. I mean some old guys. Maybe I'm too young. Read the Old Testament. Read the New Testament. Joseph was what? Teenager. Well, I'm not trained. Again, look at the Bible, people. Because... None of those excuses hold up. None of them do. What you are, you are called to Jesus. That's what you're called to do. So two more slides to go. The question is not this. It's not how do I know that I'm called. The question is how do you know you're not? Did Jesus tell you you're not supposed to be a part of Vacation Bible School? Did he say while you were listening to the radio, XM radio, the very spiritual XM 7, the 70s on 7, and all of a sudden he interrupted and said, Mitch, he's got a deep voice, I don't want you to be in vacation Bible school. Do he say that? No, most of the time we try to talk ourselves out of what God wants us. As Pastor Rich says, what does God want you to do? Say Yes. What if you're afraid? Be afraid and start. I never preach when I'm not anxious. The bottom line is answer the call. The pager is on your side or in your purse or wherever, and it's just vibrated. And you look it up, and it's Jesus, and you have the opportunity. Now the question is, what do you do with it? Thanks for listening this week. If God is leading you to next steps in your relationship with Him, please reach out to us at marshfieldfirst.org.